Steve. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was nice. We're back. It's episode 81. Yeah. I thought about doing an impression for that one, but I didn't know what impression I would do. Uh, I thought about doing um, like one of those radio DJ, like uh-huh. like AM radio coming to you live. But I, I've done that one a few times. Yeah. Uh, it's hard I, to mix this up. I, I thought about doing going back to the Robert Goulet one, but I do uh-huh. that one every once in a while. You know the the Are you ready to podcast? Sure, sure. You know the the ring. Uh, what do they call it? The like the ring uh, announcer for yeah, boxing, yeah. The wrestling thing. This was a nice change of pace. Yeah, this was a, this was a really good one. This was great. I feel like we should just wrap we should just wrap this up and end the show. All right, all right. So it this, can only go downhill from here. This right? song is from Brian Schultz. <laughs> Um, and his band is called Red Letter Hymnal. We're not actually sure what. Oh my gosh, uh, Steve! We're, we're not. In, we're not ending this. We're not ending. Okay, uh, stop it, Steve! Stop. <laughs> we're not. Sh- he stop. sent. It, he sent us their entire album. Okay, let's talk about. We haven't picked a let's song Let's talk yet. about what's new. We're not going to end the episode, Steve. We've, oh, okay. We've still got a full episode to do. Did we? We didn't. We. What's new? I've got a. It's not new to people who are on the group or the Instagram. But it's still kind of new in my life, and I'm still excited about Your it. Your son? Oh, well, I'm still excited about my son, but I've got something else that I'm excited about. Uh, I've discovered a new way to adhere pedals to my board. Oh, right. Uh, I've got this big roll of garden Velcro, which is like the Velcro you wrap around like a tomato stock to attach it to a pole. Right. Or like a tree to also to attach it to a pole, or any way that you want to wrap it around Yeah, it's just plants. like a very lightweight... Yeah, Velcro, and it's a strip of Velcro with a hook on one side and loop in the, on the other. And I've been using it for cable management, which has been really great. Uh, and then just recently, I've had all these pedals around for doing demos that are supposed to go back to manufacturers or things like that. And I'm like, I can't put sticky Velcro on this to take it to, you know, my gig to try it out in a live setting. So. I was trying to like rack my brain. I had been carrying things around in boxes and putting it on my board, which is a pain. And uh, I was trying to put together like this thing where like the garden Velcro, well, I was using the garden Velcro to like, I was going to wrap it around something and then do like elastic around the pedal right to like hold it to make this like tray that a pedal goes on and then it's held down my elastic right it's kind of like alternative to zip ties and then i was like if i'm just doing that with the garden velcro and the garden velcro sticks to my board why don't i just wrap garden velcro around the whole pedal and that'll stick so i cut off like a seven inch piece of garden velcro and i started wrapping it around pedals and it holds everything to the pedal board great. Yeah. And it has kind of like a, like the look of something like a roadie would do. It has kind of like a, <laughs> like a gaffer's tape kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm using the same stuff throughout my board. So there's a bunch of like green tape looking stuff everywhere. I don't think you are personally actually qualified to use gaffer's tape. Probably not. I'm not. I know I'm not. I'm no gaffer. Yeah. Um, that stuff's actually super expensive. It is. But anyway. But it's, it's a very specific tape. Yeah. Um. But I've been really impressed by how well it's working. It's not the prettiest looking thing in the world, but it looks music board appropriate. Uh, 
and I'm not putting adhesives onto pedals that I'm returning to people. Like we were borrowing the uh, the Pony Boy yeah. from Richard Morris. From Richard Morris. I didn't want to put uh, my own sticky stuff on there, so I wrapped that in the in the Garden Velcro. Yeah, and it worked great. I don't know, I don't remember how much this stuff is, but you can go pick it up from Home Depot. I'm sure it's probably dirt cheap, and you can reuse it over and over. Yeah, because there's no sticky side. It's not stuck to anything. It yeah. sticks to itself basically. Yeah, so I could just throw this in my board or in my bag and know that it's always there. If my Velcro fails, I just grab this, wrap it around. I've had all sorts of pedals too where Velcro just won't stick to it. The adhe- the adhesive won't work with the rubber footing on the pedal. Like uh with like my uh my Turbo Tube Screamer. Yeah. That thing would not take Velcro. Oh, with the rubber on the bottom? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to actually pull the rubber off of that to get down to the metal. A lot of guys do that. I bought a few Boss pedals that didn't have the rubber on the bottom anymore. Yeah, because you can't get the Velcro to stick. I can bypass that now. I change things out on my board so often now that it's like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm loving this system. I'm really stoked about it. Some people said it's ugly when they saw the pictures. I think you just got to try this stuff. I want to get a big roll of this made that is uh, yellow and has our logo printed on it. <laughs> and we can sell it as merch. That'd be cool. And be like, oh, here's your official 60 cycle hum uh, Velcro tape. Oh, my gosh. There's probably other ways to get Velcro tape, like black Velcro strips that are hooked on one side and loop on the other. Yeah, that this stuff do- is just really thin, though. And it's really like not like the thing with Velcro is, you know, it feels like double sided. Right. Like it's really thick. Even yeah. when, with non adhesive Velcro, it's still pretty thick. Yeah, this Th- stuff is really it's soft and flexible because it's for plants. Yeah. So it's I think it's great. It's gentle on your pedals, gentle on your pedal board. And everything sticks, too. I haven't had anything fall Gen- off. Gentle on your butt when you wipe. <laughs> you probably could wipe your butt with it. Ugh, well, I would... No, nah, it probably isn't actually gentle. You wipe with the hook side first to get the, the big things oh off. Oh, my gosh. And then you use the loops... The, you use the uh, the loop side to get to, as your finish up because it's right, soft. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. That's and you disgusting. use it like dental floss in your butt crack. I'm pretty sure you're a terrible person. <laughs> So that's my only new thing. You don't have one, right? I don't. Let's get straight into ads Boom. then. This one was sent to us by Cody Thompson. This is an Arbor Explore style guitar from circa 1986. This guy's asking $280. Two pickup offset design, solid body electric guitar. Are Explorers considered offset? You know what? I'm actually looking at this. This is 100% not an offset. Not an offset. The waist uh, contours are co- are like pretty much exactly... It is asymmetrical. It is asymmetrical, but it is not an offset. It is not an offset. All right. Uh, you know, Stratocaster is technically an offset. Is it? Yeah. I can't see my Strat from here. The uh, the Where the waist... It's a little bit angled. It's like very slightly angled. Right. I, the whole like... Like the whole definition of offsets is goofy to me, because then you get like BC riches in there. Sure. Well, you know, it's funny is like I don't actually think of of uh, when people say offsets, they're talking about Jaguars, they're talking about Jazzmasters, they're talking about Mustangs and Duosonics. Yeah, I don't even think of the Mustang that much as being an offset because even though it's an offset waist, it's a symmetrical, uh, it's a symmetrical tail. Right. So in my mind, like it doesn't really resonate as an offset. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the dual sonic, just because it's tiny, like it. I don't know. Sure. Offset just mean these days just means quirky Fender style guitar. 
Sure. All right. Sorry. Something um, other than a Strat and a Telecaster and nothing from this Gibson. This is a whole aside. We just lost 300 listeners. Um, guys, it's it's not, it's not serious. We like offsets. The definition is just goofy. Yeah, it's just a funny thing. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting okay, Back to this rate. Arbor Explorer. Uh, Chrome Tone Hardware. Too high Chrome put. tone. That's what it says. Oh my gosh. Well, it is tone. Tone is a color thing, right? Oh, like okay. It's in color. Too high oh, output cream color exposed bobbin humbucking pickups. Does that mean they're Demarzios? You know, Strat these type, could be pre-lawsuit yeah. uh, double creams. Strat type hardtail adjustable bridge, rosewood neck, twenty-two frets, three-way pickup toggle, two volume, one tone control with gold tone. Plastic speed knobs, six on a side, offset, headstock. That just means pointy. Yeah. Uh, with truss rod cover and solid gear tuners, contoured 70s era fireboard hard case, which is a fancy word for cardboard. Uh, fully working, <laughs> cash only, 260 for the gu- gu- 260 for the guitar, 280 if you want the case included, open to non-insulting offers. Serious offers only. Text or call. I have multiple ads up. Please specify. So if you if you write this guy and offer him four hundred dollars, but then call him a dick, he's not going to accept it. <laughs> is that what an insulting offer is? <laughs> um, so this one again was sent to us by Cody Thompson. This is in this the uh, Seattle area, perhaps actually in Seattle. I'm not sure. Um, well, it says Seattle. It does say Seattle. The thing, the thing that people were commenting on, and the thing that caught my eye is that it's got this this uh, kind of cool looking brass nut. Yeah. But it's sliding off of the neck. Yeah. Which is something that happens sometimes, and I I basically threw this ad into the Google Drive just because of this. Otherwise, it's you know it's an off brand '80s Explorer style guitar that you know it's cool looking for 280. It's fun looking. Um. But this actually is a problem that happens with guitars from time to time, and it's you know, it's nothing to be freaked out about. I've had this happen to a few guitars. Um, most nuts are being held in by a little drop of wood glue or super glue. I suggest super glue. Wood glue is going to take wood with it if you mm-hmm. ever have to remove it. Um, all you got to do is take the strings off, put another dab of super glue. Put the nut back in place. You're going to be fine. Well, and you know, the, when Cody posted this, he said, like, he actually pointed that out to the guy. Uh, he said, I asked him to knock off $100 for luthier repair costs. Uh-huh. Luthier. Okay, okay. You know what luthier, What a lo- Luth- person who studies luthier yeah, is? A luthier. A luthierist. Okay, okay, I got it. Damn it, Paul, I said it right. <laughs> Ryan I'm, is the only illiterate one here. I'm the one who doesn't know how to say it right. How do you Luthier, say it right? Luthierist? <laughs> All right, anyway. Did I mess it up? No, you said it right. Luthierist. But normally I say Lutherist. Luth- usually say... Okay, anyway. Luth- we're rest? just picking on Paul is because... It a, is it a Luthrest? Luthrest. <laughs> we're just picking on Paul and Megan because a couple weeks ago they put us on blast on their podcast, The Luthierist. Yeah. Which you should listen to. Anyway, so Cody said... Uh, he asked him to knock $100 off for luthier repair costs. Little did he know, I know a luthier who will do it for free. If you know a guy who can do it or if you can do it yourself, I right. mean, whenever I'm looking at something and I point out like, oh, there's this flaw. Oh, these strings are old. Yeah, I've got 10 packs of strings at my house just waiting yeah. to go on a guitar. Right. So um, the funny thing is, is the guy uh, agreed to give him a, like a fat discount for repairs and he... He didn't have 
He didn't have the money. Oh no! Uh, so he's ba- he was basically chasing this lead without having money. Yeah, yeah. So Cody, oh, man. I really hope you had it figured out. Got it figured out. If not, hopefully someone else recognized the same problem and got a great deal yeah. on this guitar. Hey Cody, uh, you know you don't need uh, both your uh, both your kidneys. Yeah, sell one of those. Yeah, you, you <laughs> just sell one of your kidneys for a hundred hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to say about this? Um, it's a cool color of blue, I guess. Yeah, it's got like this blue burst where the outside is dark blue and the inside is light blue. Yeah, which looks cool with the the, the cream pickups and the the hardware. This uh, is very much a um, this is very eighties, an eighties color thing. It's an eighties color guitar. Um, and overall, uh, this is I've seen some other companies do this. Arbor was one of these. Uh, late comers, lesser known brands, Arbor, Lotus. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a few others that are like just Memphis. escaping me. Memphis that are yeah. kind of like Aria level. So they're not as well known as like the Tokai's and the Bernie's in terms of Gibson knockoff. Yeah. They're- but they still make a solid. This late, if it's actually a, a 1986, it might be Korean built. Could be really rad player, huh? Uh, but if you're getting this under $200, it could be a ton of fun. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, the, the price is right on this thing. Um, if you if you you know haggle with that that nut issue, yeah. Um, the case looks fun. He said he wanted to separate it from the case. What the crap, That's dude? That's stupid. And you, you, pay, you pay the extra... You you include that case in the deal. And for what it's worth, like... That's a specific case to this. Yeah, this is a specific case to this. If you are buying one of these guitars and someone says, oh, the case is going to cost you an extra 20 bucks, just spend it. Yeah, uh, you're never, you're never going to get a good Explorer case again. Yeah, for a while, Dean was selling explore gig bags uh-huh and flying v gig bags yeah and they were like the only ones doing it and they were making a killing. and you could actually like sell those flip them on ebay for a decent amount yeah uh someone we knew well i i have an explorer and a flying v so i had to get i've got one case between the two of oh them. yeah it's like only gig with one at a time but it's this giant freaking case to accommodate Odd shaped guitars. Yeah, someone we it's knew. It's really impractical to use. Hit up the guitar center in San Diego. One of them, I forget which one, found in the dumpster. They were back. In, I don't know if you can still do this. Uh huh. Maybe some listeners, you can let us know. Sixty cycle humcast at gmail or maybe twitter.com slash sixty cycle humcast. Maybe uh, Instagram. I don't know. Sure. Um, sixty cycle hum on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, maybe Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash 60 cycle hum. You join the group, you let us know. We have a lot of things is the point. Yeah, uh, But you used to be able to dumpster dive guitar center and get like weird stuff. Yeah. Sometimes if a piece of used gear sat on their wall too long and they got tired of it, they would just throw it oh, away. Oh, man. Um, I definitely heard stories from people who got like base cabinets, working base cabinets. No way. Out of the dumpster at, Craig, at guitar center. Uh, and well, most so most places these days will lock their dumpsters, so you got to show yeah, show yeah, with you the gotta bolt cutter. Ju- you got to jump. Uh, you got to jump into the the guitar center dumpster because it's it's locked. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think during the day it's unlocked. At night it's locked. It really probably depends on the mini mall that yeah, it's located but, in. But this guy was. You know who it was? It's uh, 
it's they, it's not a listener of the show. It's no one we know personally. It's the guy who runs the one the ones that got away. Blogspot.com. Oh, that guy. Uh, that guy who I I want to get on the show. I co- tried to contact him, but it, he's his. I don't think his email's working. Or he's inactive. Or he's inactive. Or I don't know what the deal is. Or he's dead. Uh, but he found a bunch of Dean cases in one of these dumpsters. Uh huh. And sold them all. Yeah. He saw, got like five or six of them and sold them for like 20 or 30 bucks a piece. Yeah. When I was looking for a case for my Explorer, it was like, wow, this is slim pickings. And, you know, the ones that are nicer out there are, are like specific to like your ESP Viper or yeah. whatever that has like its own weird shape. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know if you can still do this at the Guitar Center, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from this topic. Um... So, oh yeah, this is up in my Safari. Let me pull that up. Are we going to talk about a nice electric guitar? Oh yeah, machine? let's do that one first. This is for $70. You it's found a, this. It's a quote vintage, uh, maybe. PV Predator selling for $70. Uh, this is a block logo PV, so it's not exactly one of the vintage Predators. Yeah. It's still probably a good playing guitar. For seventy dollars, it's gonna destroy any of your budget squires for sure. Sure, sure. The big weakness on these predators, I've always heard, is the electronics. Uh huh. But this is either the um, this might be international series. There's no pictures. Point is, PV Predator. If you see one for a hundred under a hundred dollars, and you're looking for like a beater strat that is already gonna play nice, yeah, it's worth a lark. Now, the reason we picked this one up, this ad reads. This, uh, if you don't want to hear the rest of this, you might start hitting skip ahead for a while. Okay. <laughs> PV Predator selling for $70. Please call or text if interested. Tags. Guitar Boys <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Cheap. Black. White. Blue. Red. White. Green. Guitar. Acoustic. Electric. Bass. Drums. Piano. String. Strings. Picks. Pickups. Metal. Cordoba. Fender. Squire. Ibanez. Sabian. Taylor. BC. <sighs> Rich, Epiphone, Gibson, SG, Rock and Roll, Vocals, Mics, Music, Musician, Playing, Band, Amp, Stack, Mixer, Marshall, Crate, Spider, Alembic, Alvarez Guitars, Ampeg, Antoria, Area, Ashton Music, Avalon Guitars, Axel Guitars, Babix Guitars, Bailey John, BC oh Rich, Berenger, Bernabe Guitars, Blade Guitars, Bohemian Guitars, Bond Guitars, Brawley Guitars, Reload Guitars, Burns London, Campbell American Guitar- Guitars, Caparison Guitars. <sighs> Carvin, C.F. Martin and Company, Chapman Guitars, Charvel, Charvel, Charvel Guitars, Cole Clark, Collins Guitars, Core Guitars, Daisy Rock Girl Guitars, DBZ Guitars, I Dean Guitars. I can't believe we're doing this. D'Alegria, D'Angelico John, Dan Electro, D'Equisto Jimmy, Dobro, Duesenberg Guitars, Eastwood, Eclectshaw, Epiphone, ESP, Echo, Electric Guitar Company, Ernie Ball, Fender Fernandez, First Act, <laughs> Flaxwood Guitars, Floyd Rose, Fodera, Famous, Freshman, Fujigen, First Guitars, Francisco, GNL, Galatone Guitars, Garrison, Giannanini, Gibson, Gilberto Gracio, I have no idea how long Kittler this Guitars, is go Godin, on. Gordon Smith, Greco, Greg Bennett, Gretsch, Guild Hagstrom, We're in the Halo G's. Custom Guitars, Hammer, Harmony, Heritage Guitars, Hoffner, Hunter, hold on, let me take a drink of this vodka I have over is, here. Does it go through the whole alphabet? I don't know. Steve, how much uh, is left? Hondo Ibanez, Italia, no. Jackson, James, Tyler Guitars, Jay Terser, Joseph Luce Guitars, Johnson, Jelana, Kalamazoo, Kawhi, K, Clara, Kramer, Kramona, 
Custom, Calorlato, Lag, Larravee, Levin, Linder, Lotus, Loden, Looney Guitars, Lyle, CF, Martin and Company again? This is the worst portion of Matt's the podcast Matsumoku, ever. Maestro Guitars, Mayonnaise Guitars and Basses, Michael Kelly, Modulus, Monocar Guitars, Moserite, Motor Avenue, Music Man, National String Instrument Company, Ovation Guitar Company, Parker, Paul Reed Smith, PV, Panko Rang Song, Ramirez Guitars, Recording King, Reverend, Rickenbacker, Robin Guitars, Rukangas Guitars, Samick, Schechter, Sadowski, Santa Cruz Guitar Company, Schechter Guitar Research, Siegel Guitars, Sigma Guitars, Squire by Fender, Stag Music, Steinberger, Stella, Sure Guitars, Sundenberg Guitars, Suzuki Musical Instrument Corporation, Tokai, Takamini, Taylor, Teoscode, Tobias, Tom Anderson Guitar Works, Trinante, Traven, Travis Bean, Trempita, uh, Musical Instrument Factory, TYM Guitars, Tanglewood Guitars, Tagima, Univox, Valco, Valley Arts Guitar, Vester Guitars, Vigier Guitars, Vox, Walden, Warmoth, Washburn, Westfield, Westone, Yamaha, Zemidas, Zahn, Guitar Bodies, Guitar Bodies, All Finishes and Materials, Guitar Bridges, Guitar Bridges, Guitar Bridge Parts, uh, Guitar Bridge Parts, Guitar Knobs and Swiss Tips, Guitar Knobs and Swiss Tips, Guitar Necks, Guitar Necks, Guitar Necks, this is the longest saddles, Guitar Necks and Saddles, Guitar Pickguards, Guitar Pickguards, Guitar Pickups, Guitar Pickups, pick Singles, Hums, and more. Guitars, guitar tailpieces, guitar tailpieces, guitar tuning keys, guitar tuning keys, inline and more. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Q W E R T Y U I O P A S D F G H J K L Z X C V B N M. And I'd just like to let you all know this is probably my second third or fourth vodka tonight oh my god so you should actually all be impressed that i did not stutter or um once i do not believe (laughs) you slurped a couple times i did slurp i did take a break to drink more vodka oh my gosh that was ridiculous and that's exactly the reason why we hate when people do the keyword things on craigslist ads because then steve reads the entire thing (laughs) out loud and anyone who's around him has to listen to it hey you have bad? I'm all out of vodka. Oh my gosh. Seriously, don't do tags that don't make sense. Really, we've talked about this before. We've gotten some feedback. I know there's people that disagree with me. I'm not a fan of tags. Any tag worth putting, you can work into your ad in like a clever way. There's only one reason to put a list of tags like that is if you're listing things that you're willing to trade for. Yeah, that that's well. Yeah, now we'll do that. Like looking for trades for whatever, and then even then, it should be maximum like twelve things. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, like if I'm thinking like, huh, maybe I want to get the Gibson search, uh, and I'm selling a Fender guitar, then I work into the ad something where I say like, tired of tired of doing the double humbucker Fender yeah. or Gibson thing. Here's a Fender for you. Get creative. Yeah, it's not hard, guys. There's no limited. Uh, uh, words on or no limited characters on Craigslist you can say whatever you want yeah. get creative write a little story tell or, a story yeah do an ad lib with every single guitar company ever imaginable and every keyword imaginable written into it I just breathed hard into the microphone <laughs> yeah you do that all the time Steve I've noticed <laughs> I, I think it's because I've gotten fat during the recording of this podcast and now I like I have tr- I, I feel like I don't know, but I know when I listen to the podcast, You're not I always fat, Steve. Uh, You're I'm, pretty. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, what's our last ad? I'm gonna let you read it because my 
throat hurts. Uh, I'm still trying to catch my breath. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let me get to this. Um, Come on, who, Ryan. Uh, who sent this to us? I forget. This was in the group, I think. No, it was email. This. Wait, which one are you doing? The, uh, the Nash. Oh, I don't. Uh, let me find Oh, it's that. from a- Andy Koenig. Yeah, Annie Koenig. Koenig? I don't know. Con- me... Conning? I... So this English. one... This one caught my attention because I have a slight personal... Koning. Personal connection to it. Like, very slight. Like, no actual personal connection. But I have... Don't sell yourself short, Ryan. I have prior knowledge of this guitar. Oh, okay. Um... So, it's a Nash one-off Jazzmaster Seafoam Green Tiki Master, which is an appropriate title for it. It's up on Reverb right now for $2,000 plus $60 shipping. Um, this is a, a Jazzmaster that's very unique. It's Seafoam Green. Hold on, hold on. Your sister's watching Crocodile Dundee in the other room. Is she really? Yeah. Nice. Sick. <laughs> Crocodile. That's a shout out to Chris Pat, who I don't actually think listens to the podcast, but he is from Australia. Okay. Carry on. All right. Um, so this thing is cool looking. It's seafoam green. It's got, if you're familiar with the artist Shag, it's got decals from Shag on it. He's like a tiki artist. Uh, it's a jazz master. It's got two P90s and what I assume is a strat pickup in the middle position. Uh, it's got a... Uh, a Stratocaster. It is a Lawler Blackface Strat pickup. Yeah, it's got a Stratocaster Tremolo with uh, Graftech saddles on it. It has a reverse headstock, a reverse painted seafoam green headstock with uh, Fender appointments on it. Uh, it looks like a really solid player. It has a hole in the headstock for placing a cocktail umbrella. <laughs> and the Tremolo bar on it looks like bamboo. So this is like your full kind of tiki-themed sort of thing. Uh, the reason why I wanted to do this more than anything is because it is from the estate of George Bocafuso, who on uh, the gear on the Surf Guitar 101 forum, I think his username was Proton. He passed away, I think, about a year and a half ago, something like that. And I remember when that was going on, people were... Uh, mourning his death there and talking about their fond memories and whatnot. Um, the guy had a lot of cool guitars. He is, it sounds like he was a really cool guy, obviously well liked in the community. People were talking about him. He had a cancer of something. I don't know of what, but he had cancer. I'm assuming that caught up with him. And, uh, so this guitar just, you know, kind of caught my attention because of my personal knowledge of kind of what was going on with it. Uh, outside of that, this thing's freaking cool. If you're into tiki stuff and if you're into Nash guitars, the price on this is totally fair. I feel like this guitar is, um, you know, we've railed on steampunk a lot, but right. I also have seen like surf guitar, like surf style guitars where people go over the top. Yeah. With like their appointments and they just slap a bunch of like, uh, you know, Quicksilver stickers or whatever. Sure, on sure. It. Well, like they, they just make it too surfy. The appointments on this are just right. Well, I think the the decals are probably removable. That's the thing where I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't know. If you remove those decals, it's just a really cool guitar. Uh, it's not themed too far out in any other way, other than the hole that's in the headstock 
that's I'm sure is very slight for the right. cocktail umbrella. But it is a very personal piece that this guy had custom made for him. It's got a lot of character to it. It's not so far out there that people would be turned off by the concept. Um, for two thousand dollars, you're you know, it's got to find the right buyer for this thing. It's not just going to go randomly. But still, this is a cool looking guitar. It has a ten percent tr- price drop. It was to, it was twenty two hundred. Now it's two two thousand even. So it might go cheaper. They might be trying to move it pretty easily. If those decals can come off, you know, this thing will have a wider uh, market. Yeah. I'm sure you can replace that, actually that really, bamboo tremolo bar with a standard one. But why would you? The bamboo yeah, is so I, I cool. I really like the points. You know, I think what it is, I like the ta- the bamboo sleeve for the bar because it matches the pickups. That's true. It's like, got like a cream it's, thing. It feels really well thought out. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the history with this guitar. I don't, I don't really know a lot about it. Sure. Uh, it does come with this, uh, a G&G blonde case, which is a really nice guitar case yeah. in the traditional Fender style. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like, like I said, I feel like this guitar, um, was done really well. Uh-huh. Price-wise is fair because it's Nash. Yeah, Nash is depending on the model and it's, you know, they kind of do a custom thing over there. You yeah. know, you can find them on the used market anywhere between, you know, 1400 to 4000 depending on the model. But this is this is very fair, I think. Uh but because of how unique it is and it's kind of a niche thing, it might go for under its value basically. Right. Um, maybe someone in the Surf Guitar 101 community will pick it up. Uh, I hope that someone who appreciates it will pick it up. And someone who's not going to strip it and yeah, forget yeah. it sort of thing. You know? I don't, you know, I'm usually not a fan of decals, but I feel like the Tiki ones, like, they kind of look cool. It works with this one. Obviously, it's a theme throughout. Yeah. I'm not a, usually a fan of reverse headstocks, but something about this looks really neat. Uh, it, it gives it kind of like a... Uh, a fast look like it looks like it's yeah. going quick yeah that's a great description yeah and also with you know if you're playing surf guitar you do a reverse headstock all of a sudden you know your string weights are going to feel closer to what you'd get from like a dick dale guitar or something like that did dick dale do reverse headstock uh he played are you saying because it's he used heavy strings he uses uh he uses heavy strings but he plays a, a guitar that doesn't have a reverse headstock but the strings are reversed. So the low string is the longest string. Oh, okay. Because he plays with the low string on he the bottom. He plays an upside-down guitar. Because he learned on a right-handed guitar when he's left-handed. Gotcha. And so then when he got a custom model, which was one of the very first left-handed guitars from Fender, he had yeah. it like custom-made. When he got that, he was so used to playing with the strings upside-down that that's just how he strings his guitar. Because he learned on a right-handed guitar flipped upside down i'm really glad you know this i know all this stuff this is like very educational and usually i'm the one who has to supply all that stuff (laughs) well you know i have a body of knowledge within a a very specific genre of music and a sexy body it is (laughs) i'm not fat i'm pretty (laughs) (laughs) oh man Uh, we just all of our fat listeners just just unsubscribe hey man i've i've been all kinds of body types i think i'm I think I'm decent right now. 
I feel pretty healthy. I think, you know what? I am I am close. Legitimately, I think right now might be the first time ever that we weigh the same thing at the same time. <laughs> we could jump on a scale. And we could, we could, we could ride like a, a seahorse. We, uh, uh, we could compare notes. We could ride a sawhorse. A seesaw? We could ride a seahorse. A teeter-totter? A teeter-totter. Oh, my God. We could ride a teeter-totter. There we go. Uh, and it would be totally fair. It would be perfect. How much do you weigh? 220. I'm like 210 right now. Damn it! Yeah, there was a time. So actually, this might be the first time ever where we, you were lighter than me at the same time. You don't look that overweight. I carry everything in my weight in my waist, dude. I guess I I haven't put on weight anywhere except in my gut. This suddenly turned into chasing tone where we talk about how fat we are. What is this? A diet podcast? Anyway, I I was at one point. I was up to like two sixty. Yeah, years ago. So I'm. I've been. I've been losing pounds ever since. I lost 10 pounds just from having a baby because I don't have time to eat anymore. Which is funny because for us, it was the opposite. When Claire was born, we just started eating out like crazy. Yeah. I was 205 before Claire was born, and now I'm 220. But I'm 6'2", so no one notices. <laughs> if you if you want to be fat, then just be tall. Just be tall. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Speaking of fat people, oh my gosh, this guitar comes from the south. Oh my gosh, we're doing this. Oh, you're the one who didn't want to do this, and now we're I doing it. I didn't want to do this. I've had way too much vodka. <laughs> Confederate flag guitar, Bobby okay. Kramer, BC Ridge, hundred twenty-five dollars. Do rock Oh my gosh. Do we remember who posted this? I thought Kyle Smith did, but if it wasn't him, it was either Brad Moses or Mark Byerly because they're all in North Carolina. So this is an old Kramer or BC Rich body. The guy doesn't seem to be sure. I think it looks like a BC Rich because Kramer bodies have kind of a very uh, unique thing going on uh, with the shape of the top horn and the body relief. Um, the t- there was It was originally an HSS. Right. Pickup configuration. You can see in the crappy photo that the two single coils for the neck and the middle were filled in with something. And Why then, would you do that? No idea. Wait, are you saying this was refinished? Oh, yeah. This was definitely refinished. Um, it was refinished in a Confederate flag motif. And I feel like we could talk about this just because it's been in the news. Yeah, this is like a really trendy topic. We're hitting it really late. Honestly, like we avoid politics, yeah, like politic trends. But we 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 jump before we get to this. We jump uh, face first into racism, though. Yeah, before we get into this, <laughs> let me just since we're gonna talk politics for a little, let me just say this: Donald Trump, what the hell? Oh, uh, I don't even want to talk about that. I don't understand how he's leading in certain polls. The, you know, the, the GOP the, race. This episode is going. It's the second of the night. It's not going to air for a couple of weeks. This it, is not going well. Anything could happen by the time this episode airs. So let's not talk about it. Well, yeah, that's what all the polls are saying. Is they're waiting for his remarks let's not on John talk McCain. About it is what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> I've just got some okay. major feels about Donald Trump. Yeah, we'll 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 hit it on an episode where it'll come out sooner. Okay. Uh, you could do a you could do a mini sode and do and do it same day, Steve. Oh my gosh! Just do a. Politi- I'm going to do a mini sode while I'm on vacation. I'm going to send it oh to my you gosh. and make you edit it. Political rant mini sode for no reason it has <laughs> nothing to do with gear. Uh, maybe Donald Trump will buy Guitar Center. Then we could talk about Donald oh, Trump. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, but only because it mean Guitar Center had some more money. 
Okay. Uh, how do you feel about conf- Confederate flags? Uh, uh, you know what? I feel like my opinion is better left for after your opinion. <laughs> you want me to, to walk across the I'm not a fan. I, okay, I'll say I'm not a fan. I will say I think that the I think TV Land canceling Dukes of Hazard. I'm really bummed about that. I think that was too far. I think that I understand Amazon saying we're not going to sell Confederate flags. We're going to cut off all of our third party retailers that sell them. I get that. Well, I but, think Dukes, canceling Dukes of Hazard is just unnecessary because uh, you know who cares. Um, I have some opinions. I think it's hard to dodge it. I think it's hard to, you know, I. Well, I I think more than ever, sporting a guitar with a Confederate flag is a statement now more than it has been in a long time. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it always has been a statement, but at least it was a statement that was open for interpretation. You know, Tom Petty actually apologized. I do. On behalf of rock and roll. I'm not a Tom Petty fan, but. I, you know, I think it's interesting that these guys are coming out and saying, hey, you know what? We were young and we were following the trends. Right. And that's what happened. I mean, Dimebag Daryl's probably spinning in his grave, though. <laughs> <laughs> Was Dimebag Daryl all about the... Oh, the, yeah. The, so let's talk history. Uh, the, com- quote, Confederate flag is actually... Wait, how deep the, are we going to go on this? The battle flag of North Virginia and the battle flag of Tennessee and the... A color variation on the Confederate Navy Jack, which was the flag flown by Confederate naval ships. And I will stop it there. It was never the flag. Okay, I'm continuing on. Okay. It was never the official flag of the Confederate States of America, but it was featured in the upper right uh, quad, or rather upper left quadrant. What do they call that? The Canton of the second and third flags of the Confederate States of America. Okay. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm gonna say. No matter no matter what you think, or feel, or what knowledge you have based on its history, what it ever actually meant, or, slavery, or what <laughs> we just lost two hundred listeners, or what it figuratively meant to people who use it as a symbol of the South, uh, you have to recognize that to a pretty good amount of Americans. It means something very negative. At least, you know, ten to thirteen percent of America, which are uh, of black slash African American heritage, sure. I it sends a message to a certain group of people. And if if you're making the argument that no, no, it doesn't, it doesn't represent that. It just represents you know Southern pride. You have to realize and you know kind of humble yourself and admit that what it portrays is hurting people in a way it makes it makes them feel like it 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 reminds them of worse times i get the southern pride thing because depending on where and when you were educated Uh uh-huh because of the way our education system is built um it was either a symbol of like so depending on your interpretation of the civil war Uh uh-huh the civil war was either a fight against Southern or the Southern states saying we want states rights. And by states rights, we mean we want our ability as states to choose slavery. Sure. As something that we want Let's to do. Let's not go too deep on history. I'm not going to go too deep. I don't think it matters too much. Um, the flip side of that is, is does it just represent states rights? And the fact that like people should be free. 
And a lot of whether you are for or against the inclusion of the uh, Confederate, this Confederate battle flag, um, which isn't the stars and bars. <laughs> um, I can't figure uh, out who originally posted this. Um, I just dropped my phone. Okay. I'm off the hinge for the rest would of this you, podcast. Would you play a Confederate flag guitar? No. You would feel uncomfortable? So, so hold on. Let me finish. So depending on where you're educated depends on whether or not this flag represents slavery or just states' rights. Sure. And whether or not it de- depicts slavery or states' rights depend depends on how you understand the history of the American Civil War. Right. Um, and I don't really want to get into that, but I think it's a really interesting read. And I think it's worthwhile to read what Jefferson Davis had to say, to read what like the person who designed this flag had to say originally not in a facebook meme right like go back and read the original things what these people thought look up some actual i think that's worthwhile uh read some primary documents um and come to your own conclusion i will say i don't think the government should ban the flag no i think it's wise for the government to say like hey we're not gonna fly this at the capitol but maybe we'll put this at we will display this maybe not flown on a flagpole or maybe flown under the american flag on a flagpole at a war memorial. Put I get, it in a in museum. Put it in a museum. I get that. Yeah. Um, I'm not for the the total banning. I'm not for the government banning. Well, I think people should be able to buy it whenever they I want. I think people should be able to buy it. I think NASCAR has the right to decide whether or not you fly it at the Daytona 500 because they're a private entity and the First Amendment doesn't apply to them. Because, God bless America. Because they aren't the government and the First <laughs> Amendment only applies to governments. Right. All this being said, I wouldn't play it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, the, the only the only chance that I would play this guitar is if it was painfully obvious that I was being ironic. Like if I was in like a funk band where every other member was <laughs> black and I was like the one cracker, I would I would play this ironically if everyone else in the band was like chill with it. Because then it, people would see right, like right. So people would see it and be like, okay, that that cat's being ironic. Yeah. All right, the other if I, the other way I would I would play this guitar ironically is if I was in a Leonard Skinner cover band, but we changed all the words to be funny. <laughs> yeah, sure. If it if it plays off an existing aesthetic of a cover band, I could I could see that. Um, you know, I think there's gonna there's obviously gonna be people who are fine with this who are excited to play with it. Sure, I have you know their own feelings about it and are enthusiastic about it. I my my whole point on the whole thing is just to be open to the fact that it makes a pretty good amount of Americans uncomfortable and I think it's worth you know working on having a little bit of empathy in your life and realizing uh that the way you feel about something isn't the only way. Here's what I want to say about this. Uh-huh. People complain all the time about how I'm going to use this word. I hate this word. Sure. But I'm going to use it. How pussified! Oh my gosh, America has become. I don't feel like a cat at all. <laughs> About the fact that <laughs> well, everybody everybody gets a trophy. This is what's wrong with America. If you fly the Confederate flag, you are giving everybody a trophy. 
The South lost the war. Pull it down. Yeah, stop. If you are flying the Confederate flag, you're not celebrating states' rights. You're celebrating a bunch of losers. Oh, my gosh. Steve is geared up. I'm geared up. Finish your drink. Thanks, Costco Vodka. I'm finishing my drink. I think we should move on. We've already lost enough subscribers over this. Uh, Let's get into the topic. No, but really, I finished my drink. It's water from here on out. Yeah, good. Because you got to drive at some point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and my wife's having a rough night. I've been getting texts. Oh, she's going to hear this. I'm sorry, and Melissa. Be like, you were, she doesn't listen. You were drinking and talking about flags. I know. All right. Tonight's <laughs> topic, Gear Supply Co. You've been asking for it, and we bring it to you. Sort of. <laughs> we're going to talk about Gear Supply Co.? Yeah, wasn't that the plan? No, we were going to talk about the topic from Isaac Vining. All right, but for real, we got a package from Gear Supply Co. They sent us electric strings in three different gauges. They sent us acoustic strings. They sent us bass strings. They sent us bass strings. They sent us guitar cleaner. They sent us guitar cleaner. They sent us picks. They sent us picks. They sent us a membership card. Yeah. We haven't had a chance to try any of this stuff out, but thanks so much to Josh from Gear Supply Co. for sending this stuff. We look forward to the next couple months honestly going through this stuff i'm on vacation actually by the time this is released i will be back from vacation but i haven't had a chance to try the bass strings right i'm gonna throw those acoustic strings on my acoustic guitar sure uh because i am uh playing acoustic guitar on a regular basis right i feel with the amount i've had to drink tonight i shouldn't say what i do but ah. if you listen to previous episodes you know honestly i could probably drive to now uh right now you're not I'm, driving anywhere steve i'm just high enough uh i'm just high enough on the scale to be a little be a little wild we're gonna hang out and watch uh, some crocodile dundee um crocodile dundee you call that a knife? Oh my gosh, let's not do impressions right now. Um, not in your altered state. But tell me about this packaging. You know what? Because you received it. Yeah. You know, it was... What, what happened is, I forget who, but someone on the group was like, hey, when are we going to hear, you know, like a full review of, of Gear Supply? Because we had a sponsorship from them, I think months back. Yeah, at least a couple months. So I did a screen grab of of the topic on the Facebook group, and I sent it to Josh at Gear Supply. I was like, "Hey, people want to know what we think about this stuff. Uh, if you want to send us stuff, go ahead, and we'll we'll chat about it." And like within 20 minutes, he was like, "Oh yeah, totally. It'll be out in the morning." So this box showed up at my door yesterday. That's Sti- fast. Sticking out of my mailbox. Yeah, that's it. He sent it Monday. It showed up Wednesday. Um, so that's normal, like regular to quick. That's like Amazon Prime sort of stuff. Yeah, it's in a it's, it's it's in its own special box. So immediately I look out, I see it sticking out of my mail mailbox. I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly what that is, and I'm like stoked. Like I get like the hair raising up on the back of my neck. I bring that's it, weird. I know. I bring it inside. I, you know, I cut the tape. I open this thing. It's like a full presentation. It feels like opening a box of chocolates for guitarists. It's like everything's right there in like the cool crinkly like, like paper, yeah, like phone, like a uh, packaging. I stuff. really like, the, and I've seen it in all the, their Instagram pictures and and other pictures that people have posted. Uh-huh. I really like their presentation. It feels like you're getting a special treat. Yeah, like we haven't gotten to use a product yet, but honestly, like. Just getting the packaging, like I was, 
I hadn't been paying attention to the Instagram stuff very much. I'd seen things every here, here and there, like people posting, like, oh, here's my new pack of strings. I always assumed that these things showed up, like, in a Netflix slip. You know, like when you used to get Netflix DVDs? Right. It's what a, do you mean, used to? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, but my parents like still get whole, the DVDs. It's like a whole presentation. You feel like you're getting something really special. Yeah. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel excited. Like I said, there's uh, four packs of guitar strings, a pack of bass strings, uh, a guitar cleaner, and picks in there. And the picks are really neat because it's a little tin full of picks, all different gauges. Yeah, no, I don't know if they send the tin every time uh, because well, they I sen- think I think you subscribe to different packages. Right. Because this is it's a once-a-month mo- once thing where you're subscribed and they send you what is on what you've registered for. So he sent us stuff to kind of run the gamut and test exactly. everything. Exactly. Uh, so we're going to give honest reviews. We have every pick. They look like Clayton's. I yeah. could be wrong. Or but like they, a Dunlop. They, they look a lot like Clayton's. So that white um, acrylic-ish pick. Kind of with a soft um, texture. I've played that type before. They're great picks. Yeah. I mean, we're going we're gonna to mess around with these. We'll be talking about them in the next, uh, you know, probably th- four to five episodes. Yeah. Like I said, you know, we just got this stuff in. With bass strings, honestly, as a bass player, and anyone listening who plays bass, you know, it takes a few hours of playing until you really know what strings feel like. Now, if you're one of those guys that wants the zingy tone, then you're changing strings all the time. Right. But a lot of bass players, like, it takes a few hours until you get to the to the sweet spot. With, yeah. With what we consider the bass spot. The, uh, the, the bass spot. spot. <laughs> and I, I'm definitely one of those people where when I put on a fresh set of bass strings... It takes me uh, like three or four hours of playing time, right, to get them until broken I in. feel like they really sound good. Gotcha. And I'm then a, you, I'm a mellow string person, and then you don't, then you don't change them until five years later when Absolutely. you when you break one and you're like, how the heck did I break, break I will, a bass I string? I will be pl- changing strings prematurely just to try Gear Supply Co. You're strings. You're gonna be throwing perfectly good strings away. Maybe I'll find a way to store them. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe yeah. I'll try boiling them in some distilled water yeah. to extend their life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm super looking forward <laughs> to the, to this. This is just a neat thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, again, thanks, yeah. uh, GSC, for sending us this. I've been needing strings, anyways. I've yeah. been kind of running the ragged edge. I know. Edge. Again, like I know a lot of you guys have been asking about this, so we're really looking forward to this. We're really glad they could hook us up. Yeah, totally. We definitely appreciate it. All right, moving on from gear supply, let's try to tackle this topic as quick as we can. Steve is in an altered state. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be a little sloppy, but that's Wait, fine. Am I? Are you saying I'm John Hurt? I have no idea what, ref- what John you're Hurt was in a movie called Altered States. Okay, no idea where he took all where he took LSD and then slept in a total uh, in a sensory deprivation chamber. And, like, would have, like, the most insane, like, acid trips of all time. This is the craziest steve episode we've ever had. Your antics are out of control this episode, All right, steve. we got this uh, message from Isaac Vining, who sent us last week's song. Who is a member of the Inner Circle. Yeah. If you want to be a member of the Inner Circle, just pledge us $10. Go to pod, uh, 60cyclehum.podbean.com and click on our little crowd... Fin- fun- steve! Crowdfunding... A button there. Too much vodka for Steve this week. Isaac Vining says, talk about, quote, uncool gear. 
chorus, flangers. Is it flangers or flangers? Uh, yes. Oh, crap. <laughs> SGs, etc. Can you think of any gear that work on this list? I think flanger is the right way. Okay. Um, we'll go with that. Do, why do you think they're uncool, and when do you think they will have a resurgence? Choruses are already on the way up, it seems. Yeah, apparently, well, I say apparently, I own it. Uh, Death Cab for Cutie's album Kintsugi is chorus all over the place. Right. Um, and then what's uh, what's the band that you don't hate? Uh, <laughs> something about Cage the Elephant. Oh, sure. They used uh, some pretty heavy chorus. You know, on, chorus is getting used a lot some stuff. these days. Uh, not even just heavy chorus, but it's being used in kind of subtle ways. Yeah. And it, chorus got a bad rap for a long time because of how overused it was in the 80s. Yeah. Like, really, really bad. Absolutely. Um, it was like every single instrument had chorus slapped on it. It really sucked. I think they were putting chorus on vocals in the 80s. Like, it, <laughs> it, was, it was just miserable in the 80s. Just everything was swimming in chorus. Uh, now people are kind of rediscovering the effect and yeah. and uh, learning modern ways to use it. Uh, it's getting used on a lot of kind of more ambient stuff, you know, like heavy delay sort of sounds and whatnot. Um, it's getting used in kind of interesting ways. Flanger, though, is still kind of in the doghouse. Uh, For what it's worth, like, chorus, flanger, phaser... I feel like phaser... Vibrato. Phaser's more classic than flanger. It's less... It's less extreme. It's less heavy-handed. They're kind of all... I feel like... So I feel like Chorus, Flanger, Vibrato, and Phaser are kind of all in the same department. I know technically they're sort of doing different things. Right. But they're all things that I don't really want to be doing. Right. All these kind of sweepy modulation... Yeah, I've just... Kind of filtery I've just sounds. never been able to get on board. And I know I've talked about this before. For me, the issue with Chorus is that when I was... A teenager, right? Let's not uh, cover yeah, that yeah, anyway. Okay, long story short, Steve played through an amp, a, a real chorus, true stereo chorus, right. and he's been ruined ever Simo. since. Why do you think they're uncool, and when do you think they will have a, a resurgence? Choruses are already on the way up, it seems, but flangers, or rather flangers, uh huh, and SGs seem to stick to the bottom of the cool bucket. Well, SGs are going to come back just because they are great guitars. Uh, but now's a good time to buy them. I keep saying that. Yeah. Um, I think Les Paul's, the market is starting to climb, but it's still an okay time to buy a Gibson Les Paul. Gibson stuff in general is kind of down right now. Yeah. Their hollow bodies are great. People are loving their hollow bodies still. Uh, but kind of this Les Paul's, SG's, Firebirds, they're not the thing they used to be right now. People aren't stoked on the new models they're not it's you know the big thing lately has been offsets and kind of these kind of surfy kind of guitars yeah which is interesting because like i actually see a lot of people on different facebook groups and different web groups um who are like oh i have this jazz master or mustang or jaguar or whatever like these classically surf style which i I hope you agree with what I'm about to say, but surf guitar is typically a thinner sounding guitar. Sure. And they're like, how do I make this sound like thick and fat? Right, right. And it's like, well, go buy a Les Paul dummy. Yeah, some people are buying them because that's the look that's popular now, and then they're confused why it doesn't sound 
uh, like the sound they're trying to get because they didn't buy it for sound. Right, or they don't understand that the reason that the band they are listening to that is playing this guitar is one, they're in a studio, uh-huh. and two, they're running through like they're stacking like multiple yeah, yeah. overdrives to get that sound. Right, right. And, and it, a reverb pedal and probably a phaser and a chorus. <laughs> but, you know, getting back to it, I, as far as guitars go, they're going to come back. Oh, absolutely. Les Pauls and SGs are just, you know, they're, they're solid guitars. They definitely have their place. They definitely have a great sound. Uh, they're just not in in the style right now for whatever reason. Flanger is another story. It's such a heavy-handed effect. Yeah. Uh, like, and the classic way that people use it is they're chugging power chords with the flanger after their heavy metal distortion, and it's just like, <laughs> like you know, kind of this, like vowel, like opening a door sort of sound like yeah it's the, the it's, first the first amp i owned was a was a gfx 15 from uh-huh. great and it had a flanger setting yeah i love that sound uh, it's, it's <laughs> a really cool sound like once on an album right for like a bridge part Absolutely. or intro the problem with flanger is when people use it all the time. Yeah, and all well, you—that's the problem with any effect. Yeah. After I mean, a, how- after a while, all you hear is just this like modulation sound that won't leave. I have that problem with a lot of modulations, where even after, if I use it in the beginning of a song and then I disengage it, I feel like I can still hear it. Even time modulations, like how many songs in a row can you listen to delay? All of them, Steve. <laughs> really? Well, I feel like delay well, delay is uh, it's a little not bit, as bad because it's more forgiving because it's more subtle and it's back there. Right. It's it's the same sound over and over versus like pitch shifting. Right. But even sometimes like delay, it's like all right, you. I I feel like when I listen to an album that's very delay heavy, sometimes I think all right, like I've, I haven't heard the song before. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Flanger is like. You got to use it sparingly every now and then, and that's and that's really the trick to it. I think there's always going to be uses for it. There's, right. There's subtle uses of it that are really nice, uh, but yeah, the, it's just got a bad name because of heavy-handed use by people who didn't know what they were doing, yeah, or were too enthusiastic about it. Uh, I are feel there like, any other effects you can think of? I feel like distortions in general are not big right now. Yeah. I remember, so when I started modding DS1s, I only did three of them. Um, but when I started modding DS1s, it was kind of at the point where DS1 modding was was fading, to be sure, honest. Sure, it was the end of the, the hump on and it. And I started modding them because I thought, like, hey, if I buy a, a DS1 for, like, 25 bucks, uh-huh. and I, I mod it, and I maybe I can sell it for like sixty bucks. I don't feel like that market's still there. No, it's not. If you're a big name, like because the classic DS1 model is the is the Keeley or uh-huh. the Monty Alums. If you do one of those two, um, then there maybe there's still some money there. But on the, for the for the big picture, like there's not money for someone who's saying, "Hey, I did a a Keeley style mod." Right. Also, um, you know, outside of mods, you're just not seeing. A lot of distortions come on the market right now. Yeah, the the rat, which we talked, we did a mini soda a couple of weeks ago about rats. Uh-huh. Um, Steve, you're talking so funny right now. Um, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna stop. Just keep going. Oh, no, I hate you. <laughs> um, I'm just letting you know you're over enunciating. I'm tr- I'm intentionally over enunciating because <laughs> because the other option is much worse. Yes, yes. Well, keep going. Just um, know that Steve is is a couple of vodkas deep. Uh, so, uh yeah, a couple of vodkas too many deep. Yeah. Um, the distortion market is kind of weird. King of Tones from Analog Man, you you hear a lot of those. Uh-huh. You see a lot of those on the market. But otherwise, I don't know. Box of Rocks from from Zvex, you don't see those yeah. anymore. Yeah, you kind of do, but not to the popularity every, they were. Everything these days is transparent overdrives that people stack or uh, fancy fuzzes. Uh, you don't see a lot of distortions when you know growing up. I don't know how you feel about it, but everything was distortion. Oh, absolutely. Like, there was, you know, so many distortions on the market when I was learning to play guitar. There was definitely a mid and high gain era, even in the in like the mid 2000s. Right. And I think the scene back then was more like because it was punk and it was grunge and yeah. and metal is like people don't have pedal boards. They have a tuner. And then they're going to drop a single distortion pedal before their right. half stack. Well, and honestly, that plays straight into the SG. Yeah. I always think of the SG as like the Telecaster of Gibson. It really is. It's a thinner sound than the, than the Les Paul. It's but brighter. It, but it's still a humbucker. Yeah. And I think what... I think the SG is still probably... I don't listen to it, so I don't know. But I think the SG is still probably alive and well in like really heavy genres. Sure. But I think it's lost in kind of the mid-heavy. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, in kind of the punk rock and really the hardcore and emo scenes. Yeah, they it loved was it. all about the SG. Yeah. I remember there being a point where I was like, oh, I really want an SG, but I really hate that neck dive. Yeah. I th- the thing that I've, I got my SG on a whim because it was a great deal. Uh, Yeah, and I I would have bought that SG if you did. Yeah, and I was like, "Ah, I'm not really big into SGs, but I'll get it, and and you know, I'll mess around with it, and maybe I'll flip it. And now I'm in love with it, like literally in love with it. Right. Uh, I don't even think it's got humbuckers, but I don't even think of it as a humbucker guitar, really, because it's it's really nice and bright. I love how full the neck is, and it's not even one of the models that has like the '60s or '50s style super full neck. Uh. But it's still just got the neck really fills your hand. I like the Gibson scale on it. I like how thin the body is and how light it is. It's just a joy to play. I I have a lot of love for my SG. I still am, you know, I'm still messing around with pickups trying to get just the right sound that I want. I've got a a Dream 90 that I'm going to stick in the bridge to get like a P90 sound. But I'm just, I think it's a great guitar. I think SG's are just classics and they're going to come in and out. They always have come in in and out. There's always been, you know, years and years where they haven't been in style and then they come back, you know? So, yeah, you think about the history of the SG is kind of weird. Yeah. Because the SG was originally the Les Paul and Les Paul was like, Hey Gibson, you're dumb. Suck it. Right. Um, and well, then, it wasn't originally. Okay. Uh, I, you people know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was originally the, the, when the they, SG was, it was originally called the Les, the Les Paul. Paul. Yeah. The Gibson had canceled the Les Paul model and they replaced it with the SG. And Les Paul was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So um, and he that, gave it. He gave it to was, his wife and was like, "Good luck." Yeah. Here you go, Mary Kay. <laughs> uh, and that was like 1961. 
And from 1961 to maybe 68, the Les Paul model didn't exist because it was all SGs. Uh-huh. And uh, the SG was kind of just, it took its place. Eventually, uh, Eric Clapton started playing Les Pauls and Jimmy Page and all these different people. They So they brought back the traditional single-cut Les Paul. Uh-huh. But by that mean- point... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By that point, Eric Clapton had The Fool. Uh-huh. And SGs were, were kind of a popular model. Pete Townsend played an SG. Uh-huh. Um, Angus Young in the 70s with ACDC played an SG. Of course. Didn't his brother play an SG? No, he he played a Gretsch. Oh, I don't know. A Duojet. Oh, was it a Duojet? Okay. Yeah. I'm not... Honestly, I'm not a huge ACDC historian, so I don't know. <laughs> Steve, uh, not a huge ACDC historian. But, but the SG has always kind of like come and gone in terms of popularity. Sure. In the it, early, has its, it has its trend cycle. In the early 2000s, and I know there's people who are like groaning with the fact that they agree with me. Hawthorne Heights was like all about the SG. And people who are into a Hawthorne Heights were all of, also all about the SG. I'm actually not familiar. So. They did this song. I don't remember what it was called. I want to say it was called something Leaving Ohio. No, Leaving Ohio was a different band. Uh, Leaving Ohio was Branston. Uh, but they did a song, something about I think they referenced Ohio. And in the music video, they uh, did a guitar flip with an SG. Oh, great. And I just remember people going nuts about it. This was like 2004. Four. I hated the guitar flip days. I know. Especially uh, with SGs, it's the most likely to get broken. But it's also the best guitar to do a guitar flip all with right. because it's neck heavy. Right, right. Um anyway, all this all this to say SGs go in and out and they are due for a resurgence yeah. soon. I think when music get, starts getting really aggressive again and you start seeing bands that are really into like ultra aggressive expressions of stage performance you will see the sg come I, back the thing is the sg a, will rise again it's a player's guitar i you know there's no reason you can't use this for any style of music i think they sound great they play great i know it has a certain look a certain aesthetic you could like you were Devil saying, horns, right? You can't play this guitar a, in church. It's Gibson's Telecaster in a lot Don't of ways. Don't you dare play an SG in church. I play it in church all the time. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm just joking, guys. But I th- I think people have to start approaching it from a different angle. It doesn't have to be an ACDC guitar. It doesn't have to be a yeah. heavy, shreddy metal guitar. It's a it can be a regular guitar. It's it's They're definitely really versatile. I you know offhand I can't think of who it is, but I have seen some of the well you know we mentioned Clapton earlier. Uh huh. There are some classic bluesmen who were all about yeah. the SG. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, there's a surf band that uses an SG. The insects. I believe it. The insect surfers. The guy uses one of the one of the three pickup models. I believe it. Yeah, and it sounds great. They're really cool guitars. When Gibson released now, yours is yours a faded model? Did we determine that? I think that? it's supposed to be. It was refinished. There were some really garbage Gibson SG faded models. Yeah. Like, and when I say garbage, I'm saying Fender Squire affinity level garbage. Right, right. That they were trying to sell for like six or seven hundred dollars. Yeah. But yours plays great. Yeah, it's really nice. And, uh. They're just really cool guitars. They're yeah. a lot of fun. The color's grown on me. The color's grown on me, too. <laughs> Are there any other pedals that we want to reference? As I don't know. We've talked about SGs for a while. I know, I know. We were supposed uh, to talk about things that are not cool. 
Chorus. Uh, you know the one the one pedal that's always weird to me, and maybe it's because I don't have enough experience with it, is a uh, Univibe. Yeah, those are interesting. I feel like Univibe is the thing that's coming back. JHS is the unicorn. Well, that's based on the the Aryan chorus. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be Univibe. Oh wait, no, that was the, that was their other thing. I thought. Okay, I'm confused. Yeah, no, the unicorn is a univibe. Right. Yeah, okay. It's like a tap tempo univibe. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were saying like, oh, the unicorn's not good because it's like there are other digital univibes that are better that do tap delay. And I know JHS's pushes, it's an analog univibe with with tap tempo. Right. Which that is a unique thing. Now, whether or not it's better than the digital, I don't know because I don't understand univibe. Let's be honest. It's I don't kind understand of it. A very specific classic effect. Right. It was originally developed to model, be an analog model of a Leslie sort of sound. Right. But because it, you know, you can't really reproduce a Leslie sound, the Univibe sound became its own thing. Yeah, and I know Full Tone was doing the Deja Vibe for a while. Uh-huh. I'm sure they're still doing it, it's, but... It's one of those things where it's kind of like Fuzz, where you can get so picky about it. Right. Like, you really get into the nitty-gritty, right. like, oh, it just doesn't sound like what I'm trying to do. And you can try dozens of them before you find the right one for what it's worth i think not now now it's everywhere but i feel like for a while delay was one of those effects that delay was that not common maybe from i don't know 1995 1996 until delay is 10 in, years later delay is like in its heyday right now oh absolutely there are a million delays out there i'm kind of we haven't gotten a delay to demo from anyone yet well, we need to, we need to write some letters and see what we, we can do. get. Well, you know, Adam Dolhanic, one of our listeners, is uh, talking about sending us a uh, Caroline Guitars um, kilobyte. Oh, fun! Which will be a ton of fun to to demo. Yeah, you're a big delay guy. I use it pretty yeah. sparingly, yeah. but you you like all the settings. I listen to a lot of those uh, late '90s, early 2000s indie rock slash emo bands that uh-huh. were all about the delay. Um, as far as the national acts go, yeah. I don't know. American football, further seems forever, whatever. I mean, me, me growing up, none of the bands I listened to were using delay yeah. Yeah. in ways that were obvious. They might have been using them for slapback or to like make solos sear a little bit more or something like that. But it's not like it is now where everyone has like six delay computers on their boards and is doing... Computers. Doing all these complicated things. You're killing things. me. You're killing me, <laughs> All Ryan. these tap tempos and stuff. Um... What's another one? You know, everything kind of comes and goes. Well, we talked about Ring Mod earlier. Ring Mod is... is Ring I think Mod is so weird that yeah. I feel like it's never been a big thing. You're either into it or you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, Incubus, I know for a while, was all about the gonculator. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think Ring Mod is for people who are, are fuzz curious... I think uh-huh. Ring Mod is having a resurgence. Yeah, because it's so weird and it's so noisy, and it's like it's a chaos thing. You yeah, know? yeah. I, and there's some I, Ring Mods that are tamer than others, but when I think of a Ring yeah. Mod, I think of just like this full-on like telephone dialing sound. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got that Ring Mod at home. I need to s- 
to swap out the switch on it and see if that makes it work. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, it works great as a ring mod. It just doesn't bypass well. Right. So something is wrong with my grounding scheme, and I'm hoping it's the switch. It, you know, there's there's a lot of effects out there that are just not in the forefront. Like, the 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 big things these days are delay and transparent overdrive, and everything else is kind of secondary, it seems. Yeah, I mean, Tube Screamers are doing okay. Choruses are having to come back. Vibrato is, if you need it, you use it. Flancher is like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Phaser is like a classic. Phaser if, is like, oh, you're in a Van Halen cover band. Congratulations. Right. I don't know what other effects there are. I'm sure there's other ones. Fuzzes. Fuzzes. Uh, compressors. There's octaves. Honestly, pedals. like I hear about compressors more now than ever. You know what? We had the, the steak and eggs, and we had to send the prototype back, but they're going to send us another one. I was using that on Sunday. I never saw it. You never saw it? I never okay. saw it. Well, when we get a production model in, you'll get to mess around you, with it. For an entire episode, I'm going to hug that for the production model. <laughs> that was a terribly constructed sentence. Yeah. Okay. Um, I used that at last Sunday. I, I was, was having, at church last Sunday. What the heck? I was having a great time with it. Uh, I really connected with the compressor side. Which was weird because I'm not really a compressor guy, but I felt like in that moment when I was using it Sunday, I got it. Right. You know, finally I was like, okay, I get how to use this because it was perfectly paired with the Morning Glory Overdrive side. Right. And it's like I get how these interact together. Yeah. It makes sense now. I use I was using the compressor to, like, I always think like, oh, if I want to boost into my drive, then I'll just boost in my drive with the boost pedal. Like I don't get it. It wasn't to boost my drive. It was to take the dynamics out of my drive with the compressor so that every note that I was playing was the same dynamic for a lead part. Yeah. yeah. It made sense to me all of a sudden. You know? I know a lot of guys are using compressors because ambience, especially in the circles that we so run in. So you can kind use of, it to drive your delays. Yeah, and, and the circles we run in is kind of like this praise and worship, this church yeah. music, this contemporary church music circle where... There's a lot of ambience going on, and so compressor, like the idea of like a longer sustain uh-huh. um, for guitars, is a really popular idea. It's funny that now is when people are trying. People are really trying to get as much sustain as they can for their ambient stuff, but right. but they're using the pluckiest low sustain guitars they can find right. in like <laughs> jazz masters and jaguars yeah. and stuff. Uh, like we were saying and tele and, and telecasters the ultimate chicken picking guitar yeah, you know you'd think that they'd be on Les Pauls for that sort of thing like which are the guitars known for sustain uh, whether that's correct or right. not and you know the Gear Talk podcast just interviewed PRS who was talking about like uh, Paul Reed Smith on that podcast was talking about how uh, the you know a guitar is good regardless of who makes it because you can pluck a string and it sustains for like 45 seconds. Right. So let's wrap this up. I feel like you're in a whole other, <laughs> you're on a whole other plane right now. Legitimately, if you have like a weird effect or a weird guitar that you want us to talk about, send it to us. Yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah. I, you know, 
our stance has always been there's no such thing as bad tone, just appropriate and inappropriate tone. Yeah. So absolutely. You know, these things come in and out, and when they're out, that's the time to buy them, right? <laughs> and you you sit on them. I don't know when the SG market is going to bounce back, though. Sorry, Isaac. If you've been investing in in Gibson SGs. You might be sitting on those a while. I don't. It could happen anytime. It just takes someone uh, influential being like, "Hey, I'm gonna pull out my yeah, SG." It just what takes- if John Mayer pulls out an SG and it's like, you know what? This is really nice, and I, yeah. this is gonna be my thing from yeah. now on. Absolutely. You know, and that could happen. So, or you know, it just takes whatever the next big underground. Like I said, like when I mentioned Hawthorne Heights, you're like, "Who?" Yeah. And but people who listen to. I don't think of Hawthorne Heights as an emo band, uh-huh. but people who listen to early 2000s, like, quote, emo music, know who Hawthorne Heights is, even though most of us don't consider them to be part of the club. Sure. Um, they're definitely, like, post-hardcore, metalcore sound. It just depends on when that resurgence happens again. Right. Well, I, th- I think the, the, the thing I'll be looking for is someone using an SG in a way that isn't considered what SGs are. And then I think you're going to see people jumping on it like, oh, I can use SG for kind of right. like mellow stuff. I can use it for ambient stuff. Or I can, use it, I can use it for strummy, folky stuff. I've always thought SGs were super versatile guitars. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not a big fan of their balance. Right. But as far as... Just get a suede uh, As far as the way they play, strap. they play great. Oh, okay. You yeah. just get a suede strap and you're fine. Yeah, so it sticks. So the neck dive doesn't... Yeah, I haven't you. noticed a neck dive on mine. It doesn't. Yours isn't too bad. Yeah, but I've played some few, are bad. I've played. I owned a G four hundred for like a month. Uh huh. And which is an Epiphone, so it's a little different. But literally, like I would hold that guitar to control playing level, and if I let go with my left hand, it would dive. Like the neck would end up below my hips. Right. Well, that's not all. This below your hips. <laughs> I'm, I'm stretching for jokes over here. What does that mean? <laughs> I have a long torso. <laughs> I we don't get to, it. We need to wrap this up because it's late and we are sloppy and our listeners don't deserve this. My notes are upside down. All right, here we go. As I previewed at the beginning of the episode, this song is from Brian Schultz. Uh-huh. His band is called Red Letter Hymnal. Uh, Yeah, we're... We haven't picked a song yet. He's sent us the entire album. The the album is Red... The the band is Red Letter letter Hymnal. We haven't picked a song. He sent us the whole album. We're going to pick a song. It's going to be a surprise. We'll put it in the notes for the the episode. I've previewed a couple tracks. They sound great. Oh my gosh, you're so far gone, Steve. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Okay, see you guys next week. All right. My wandering heart's kaleidoscope To black and gray you color hope You're the one that sets the tone For the beat that shakes my bones Like a sky without stars Like a song without a listener Like a diamond in the dark Like no photograph to miss her Oh, I'd wander in you're my life, my heart beats with you, yeah, with you. When my life has fogged the glass, you're the warmth that makes it pass. 
the clarity that makes me see all the things that life can be. I'm like a sky without stars, like a song without a listener, like a diamond in the dark, like no photograph to miss her. Oh, I wander incomplete. You're my life, my heart beats with you. Like a love without hope, or a frame without a picture. Oh, I'd wander incomplete. You're my life, my heart beats with you. I'm like a sky without stars, like a song without a listener, like a diamond in the dark, like no photograph to miss her. Oh, I'd wander incomplete. You're my life, my heart. Beats with you.